0: Hello, and welcome to Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood, and I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout, late-night meals. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Tennessee Pre, and Primate Apparel for their consistent support and encouragement. For the best hard-hitting ammonia in the game, There's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. And if you're looking to hit a brutal pull and need that added grip, Raw Grip's Liquid Chalk is the highest quality on the market right now. If you're like me and you want that focus boost in your training without the caffeine crash, then Tennessee Pre is the pre-workout for you. And we are humble, but we are savage. Primate Apparel's mentality of sticking to your guns and standing up to those who do you ill is a vital part of my training. And you can head over to any of their Instagram pages to get some products. This evening, I'm sitting down with Charity Witt, A first-form athlete, NBC Titan Games champion, and head coach of the new coaching platform No Quit in Wit. Charity became the first woman in APC history to receive overall best lifter in a competition and has set multiple American and world records in powerlifting since beginning her fitness journey. Her phrase, I don't quit when I'm tired, I quit when I'm done, is a perfect representation of her willingness to work however long it takes to achieve those goals and see them through to completion. You don't want to miss a single minute of this action packed episode as we talk life balance, perseverance against all odds, and what it takes to become one of the best. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Charity,
1: welcome. Hey, how are you?
0: I'm doing all right, you know. In the midst of all the chaos, it feels like we finally got the light at the end of the tunnel. So I feel like this is an episode where we can really start talking about <laughs> positivity because I know some people are ready. To you hear know, it was
1: getting a little <laughs> rough there for a bit, but Arizona just opened up here, so it's it's feeling like almost. You know, like I saw I me mean, the other day, and it kind of reminds me of this because it's applicable. And it's like you know when your check engine light comes on. And you know, at first you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit!" Like I need to go get this checked out. And then after a while, you're like, "Ah, yeah, it's fine." I kind of feel like how that's yeah. how Arizona treated you know this whole pandemic. They were like, "Oh no, we need to lock down. We need to do this, this, and this." And then they were just kind of like, "You know what? <laughs> we're good."
0: Yeah. Well, I saw a tweet like you know I think at some point last week, and someone said, "I just love how some Americans have just decided that." COVID yeah, I feel never, like that was Arizona. You know, and I was like, "It's so true." <laughs> yeah people are just like hey you know what i want to go out and get some margaritas i want to go to the beach like i'm i'm ready for life to go back well to i heard they and, were you know, actually delivering we're
1: all... margaritas like and i'm you know i'm like where are these places delivering uh, margaritas because i have yet to yeah. find one <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like I, i'm ready to get some right margaritas you know over <laughs> my front door someone walks up and hands me the absolutely
1: glass. sign me up <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah, it's definitely, it's an exciting time, but on a number of levels for you as well, because if I remember correctly, just last week, you officially launched your coaching I
1: did. Platform. It's been a long time coming. Um, As I'm sure you understand, like just the whole technical software side of things, like we probably spent the last six months developing something that I felt comfortable with launching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I and I know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, as so many people in the fitness industry are, you got to be a perfectionist with it, because you don't want to release something that's, you know, not exactly what you hoped and dreamed for, because ultimately, that's what you're marketing Right, is no,
1: for. exactly. And I wanted it to be like a perfect representation of like, you know, myself and my coaching style, you know, like how I train myself and my top tier clients. So, I actually signed myself up for my own program (laughs) because I wanted to like get the (laughs) full experience of like, you know, see what they're seeing and, um, you know, and I'm still making adjustments to it, but it's done so well. Like I've already hit my end of June mark and we haven't even finished May. So super grateful for how well it's done.
0: I mean, that's, I mean, and in a time in which people are are struggling with business, I mean, that's incredible news. I'm sure that's got to be such a relief as well, because I'm sure there's uh, a lot of anxiety in launching something like that to be able to feel like it really was just such a success. Yeah, no,
1: timing really did work out perfectly, you know, considering all things, Um, you know, and I I found myself pretty fortunate because I wasn't really hit too badly with this whole pandemic, because my business was already online based. So you know, I didn't really mm-hmm. necessarily have to leave my home. You know, travel was postponed and, you know, rescheduled. But for the most part, I was okay. Um, but it also gave me more time to, like, plug into getting this figured out and, you know, completed to, you know, like, where I was proud of it and to, you know, proud enough to claim it. Um. So, mm-hmm. honestly, like, it worked out pretty well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's – I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I'm definitely excited for – the clients that get to work with you and just get to see, you know, what it's all about. Hopefully I'm assuming it's some good stuff. So, uh, and we can jump into that a little bit later into kind of the nitty gritty, but I wonder, you know, kind of as we start out um, kind of the classic question. um, I mean, you weren't always in the fitness industry. I mean, really the polar (laughs) opposite. Um, So I wonder if you could just share a little bit, you know, kind of your childhood, I know a lot happened that really was defining for you. I wonder if you could just share a little bit of that story for you of how you even ended up in this wild, <laughs> wild
1: industry? Yeah, well, I think it's been a long road. Um, these, <laughs> these past, uh, I guess it's been nine years now, but um, it's it's been a wild ride. Like I started probably in 2011, but before this um, very, you know, unhealthy because I was working 80 to 90 hours a week, which, you know, those are more than doctor hours at times, you know, and Drinking a lot, um, eating whatever I could when I could, just not active at all either, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, led me towards, like, you know, people know about my heart condition. I was diagnosed with cardiac arrhythmia because <laughs> I had had a heart attack in front of my boss, yeah. um, collapsed, ended up driving myself to the hospital later on because <laughs> I didn't know what happened.
0: Wait, you <laughs> hold up, wait. You had a heart attack and then drove yourself to Yeah, they to thought the I hospital. fainted
1: um, because I, I was oh so young, goodness. right? So, you know, they wouldn't think that a teenager would have had a heart attack. So, <laughs> coming right. to, you know, once I, like, felt okay, even though, like, anybody that's had any kind of heart-related issues, like, your body's in a lot of pain and you feel nauseous and, you know, your vision, like, mm-hmm. takes a while to come back to you. So, you know, it took me, like, a couple hours to, like, be okay and then I drove myself <laughs> to figure out what was going <laughs> on I, was like, I just don't feel good something happened you know like the my chest and my arms sh- sh- shouldn't hurt this much you know and they had to do several tests in order to find it but eventually when they did the heart scan they were like okay you've got you know atrial fibrillation so originally you know um they wanted to do surgery schedule me for surgery for a pacemaker and um put me on medication, and I was so young that the idea of them cutting open my chest to put a pacemaker inside me, I was like, you know, I'm just not keen on this. Um, And yeah, yeah, and the fact that, you know, like I was um, solely supporting myself as well and um, also sending money back home when I could. So it's like, I didn't really, you know, regardless of healthcare being, you know, provided for in Canada, which, which is where I was at the time, um, for those of you that don't know, I am Canadian. Um, so it's provided there, but it's the fact that I would have had to take off work. And it's like, I couldn't afford to not work. Um, so I was like, well, what else can I do? And, you know, the first doctor was just, you know, that's like, this is your only option. So I rescheduled another appointment because I was like, this is me. I don't really like being told what to do. I don't like rules. I feel like there's suggestions. So I was like. Mm. I don't agree with your (laughs) suggestion. I'm going to find somebody else with a better suggestion. (laughs) So I found another doctor and, you know, and he actually asked different, very different questions. He asked me about my lifestyle. He asked about my stress level. He asked about how much I'm sleeping. He asked about, you know, my past, like very odd questions for, you know, a cardiologist. And um, he finally came to the point, he was like, I feel like your heart attack was stress induced. You're not sleeping, you're not eating well, you're in a high stress environment constantly. He's like, You're working yourself to death. He's like, and you're not even 20. He's like, what can you yeah. do to reduce stress in your life? I was like, uh, nothing. <laughs>
0: so I was like, is there another way to
1: live? Um, so you know, but he suggested like going for walks, like he suggested meditation, yoga, something, right? Um And it really caused me to like reevaluate what I was doing and if that's what I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life too, like, you know, regardless if it was making good money or not. Um, So I really had kind of like a a breakthrough there because I was like, you know what, this isn't what I want to do. So I ended up moving down to the States in 2011 and had begun yoga at this point. Um, And I used to swim all the time, just, you know just, I guess, recreationally. And I was at the university that I was attending uh, to finish up. I was originally a lit major, oh, wow. <laughs> polar opposite yeah. of fitness. Um I was a lit major and um, I was just swimming just for like a stress relief. And one of these scouts saw me and recruited me and within the year became a U.S. master swimmer. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a bad I turnaround. Was, I know. Um, (laughs) I guess like, you know, if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Like I just, I guess I've always had athletic genes so I can pick something up very quickly and become good at it because I obsess over it. Yeah. So like once I decide I want to do something like that's it, like I, I get it done and then I excel at it. Um, it's just my personality. So that's what I did with swimming and I wanted to get faster off the blocks. So I needed power. Which led me into the gym. And then (laughs) being in the gym, I was like, okay, um, teach me how to lift a barbell. You know, I didn't want to do anything by myself without knowing really how to, like, handle something like that. Because I didn't want to get hurt. Couldn't afford to. And um, I was taught how to deadlift properly, front squat. Um, I did Olympic lifts. And the first time I ever maxed out my deadlift, I pulled 275. Nice. And the people, I guess, like, I had no point of reference, right, so I had Uh, no idea that, like, the first time you ever, like, deadlift, and you've never had any experience, you know, pulling from the floor, and they're, like, you just pulled nearly 300 pounds off the floor, and you've never done this before in your life, and I was, like, no, I haven't. So they are like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're done with the pool. This is what you need to be doing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because it's like, you know, at that point I was putting on muscle and then it's like, well, swimming is actually getting harder now. Um, so I chose powerlifting because I was like, I'm not going to be an Olympian. Like, let's be real. Um, no Phelps over here. So I started powerlifting and obviously, you know, that led me to Strongman and then to Titan Games. So really, I really just feel like it was a catalyst.
0: And I think I've seen that in a few different lifters, that there's a parallel in swimming being a great carryover for strength sports. Oh,
1: well, for sure. Especially um, when you think of like a strong back and core, right? Because you're not only you need power for like, you know, pushing off the blocks to launch yourself through the water, but you know, you need that strength endurance too. So not only was like my cardio better, and it's great for those who struggle, you know, with like Um, cardiac problems as well so it's really really good for that but um you know just like the endurance that I had in my back and my shoulders and you know just being able to pull myself through the water you know for hours like we'd swim like three miles a day and um you know to be able to do that and then go into the gym and then train again for two hours like I was in the best shape of my life you know um But at the same time, like, uh, I didn't really know too much about diet at this time. And, you know, so obviously that evolved later on and that's when, you know, it just became my strongest because there was like so much carryover of just, you know, knowledge that you attain just from practicing, but there's a huge carryover between being, you know, avid swimmer and then trying to do other sports. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I and I think we've you've seen that. I mean, obviously, you're living testament to that. But there's so many others that are the same. Um, yeah. So into powerlifting, and you kind of mentioned briefly it, but I know you kind of dabbled in strongman as well. So I wonder what was the draw for that, and really being such a different strength
1: sport. Um, well, as much as I enjoyed powerlifting, um, you know, and the, just, you know, the three, the big three, I really wanted to test mm-hmm. my other athletic abilities. And with strongman, yeah. it was like, oh, this actually seems way worse. <laughs> and I, yeah. like to, literally, I mean, like, I'm a little bit of a masochist. So I was like, you know what, like, this seems way worse. And it feels like this is going to be way harder for me. So threw myself into that. And it was, you know, like I have the majority of my injuries doing strongman. So just because it is <laughs> yeah. so dynamic, you know, um, but you know, that agility, that quick turnaround, you know, the strength, but you know, strength in a lot of different ways that you can not actually like show in powerlifting, you can show in strongman. So, you know, for the athlete that has like a little bit, you know, more diversity than your standard powerlifter, like, it's a great option because, you know, you're able to maximize your strength, but you're also able to showcase other qualities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it is, I mean, even just watching a strongman yeah. competition, uh, you know, com- compared to a powerlifting one, you know, we dress up in our, our singlets <laughs> and then we stand up, we sit down, we stand up again. You yeah. Know, it's, it's just yeah. that basic stuff. Then you go to strongman and they're pulling a truck, right? You know? There is there's just such a,
1: a stark. It's difference. a great workout.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, I, I mean I can only imagine. It's certainly something I know that is not my cup of tea <laughs> at all. But I'll leave it to the masters. Yeah, exactly. Like you, <laughs> you have you guys, to
1: enjoy dude? pain in order to enjoy competing in strongman. Like there's just no around it. Like everything hurts. Literally every event hurts. Like it's not even like a sore <laughs> hurt. It's like you know it's it's awkward. Like the things will dig into like different parts of you, like it just nothing feels good, so you have to love the pain in the process in order to do strongman.
0: Oh, I, I believe that. I will, I'll <laughs>
1: leave
0: that to you guys. But, uh, well, speaking of strongman and speaking of tangents, obviously, we know right now that there's a pretty big strongman rivalry going on, you know, oh, between yeah. <laughs> our good old Eddie Hall and Thor. So I feel like I should ask, you know, someone who has competed in a strong man, what your thoughts are on all this, if you're willing to give them.
1: (laughs) Well, see, Eddie and I are good friends. So obviously, like, I'm always, yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm making a really biased answer. You're going to have
1: a super (laughs) biased answer, just because I love Eddie. So um, I haven't, like, I've only, you know, met Hathor once, uh, you know, just in passing, but I haven't really had the opportunity to get to know him so i've only you know heard things through through the you know the telephone line so you know from what i've heard i could see why eddie would have some things against him but at the same time (laughs) i've only heard one side of the story so but i think that there's no denying that he's incredibly you know gifted um he's got an aptitude for it so. and he's incredibly strong you know like nobody can take that away from him
0: absolutely absolutely well and uh so i actually i grew up overseas so i grew up in ireland okay. so the the uk part of me is absolutely i have to support my <laughs> chef friends
1: yeah Hall. like why yeah. wouldn't
0: i um but it is so wild you know i am just thinking you know Really, I mean, this could potentially bring the fitness industry even more into the center stage. So, uh especially if you having, you know, the heaviest boxing match
1: <laughs> of all time,
0: L- literally. But I'm like, <laughs> we may cause an earthquake. You know, if one of those two goes down. I know,
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> oh, but, that's, but of course, oh, everybody's going to want to see that, so though. Fun.
1: You know, so. <laughs>
0: Oh, I mean, who wouldn't want to see? It? I mean, you got your Game of Thrones fans want to see the mountain yep. go at someone, uh, you know. Your classic strongman fans want to see Eddie, who seems really pissed off. I mean, it's just it's a win win. I mean, This is what's not to love about. Everybody
1: loves a good fight. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> they do. Um, well, so uh, for what I've heard, you know, you really have some wild, oh, not even wild, but grand aspirations, you know, for for the industry. Uh, I know. Um, just a couple of years ago, you were, um, you know, Barbend had put something up that you're starting to be a naturopathic doctor. Uh, and so I, I wonder, you know, as you've kind of pursued your education, as you've continued to grow and learn, you know, what is your hope for yourself, you know, in continuing in the industry? So
1: I actually um changed direction since that article. I think it was written in like 2016. Um, so in the past four years, I've, I've, kind of changed directions from there. And I just, you know, settled with, um, a master's in biochemistry, but, um, yeah. I changed directions mainly because I didn't want to work in, um, like a clinic or a hospital of any kind. And, yeah. um, even though I, I agree with holistic medicine, I do think that we need both, um, you know, there should, you know, there's options mm-hmm. there for a reason, And you're obviously not going to go to a holistic doctor for a broken leg Um, (laughs) or a serious, you know, um, (laughs) condition. So, you know, I really do feel like, you know, we need both and they're essential. But um, so I changed directions mainly because I got into training so much that that kind of took over my life for a period of time. But at the same time. Um, I got into life coaching, and I was like, you know what, like, um, I really see like this, this gap in between mental health, spiritual health and physical health. And, you know, thankfully, you know, lately, people have been speaking out more about how essential mental health is and how a lot of us struggle with it. And that's actually how we find the gym to combat it. And, you know, to be able to deal with it and cope, um, it's become like a coping mechanism instead of actually addressing the issue. So I started this journey into getting my life coaching license because I wanted to host these seminars and retreats where um, we talk about mindset, um, manifestation, law of attraction, but really to be able to say, Hey, um, you can, and you will be able to change your life, your mindset and your emotional state um, and be healthy physically. Like it should be an all inclusive, you know, it should be the collective. Right. And um, I really wanted to just go into that direction, which led me, you know, to retire completely from competing, but I'm thankful for Titan Games because it launched me enough that I could reach a general population that was open to something like that versus your hardcore athlete Mm -hmm. that just wanted somebody to compete and that be their identity. That wasn't really my identity anymore. And I was trying to break out of that box. Um, So I think I've branched out enough, you know, and I've launched these retreats that I'll be able to share that point of view and continue to educate in that manner um, and just make that my goal and my direction
0: and I think that's a that's a great trajectory to get on and I know you mentioned that uh the, the Titan Games was was a big element in that. Now, for most of the listeners, that may have actually been how they stumbled across you uh in that performance, you know, the Titan Games. I remember you going up against Jesse yeah. Griffith. Um so I wonder, now I I am a like every, you know, young guy ever loves Dwayne Johnson. Um because I mean, who who doesn't <laughs> love Dwayne Johnson? And so I, I promised myself I would ask you this. What was it like interacting with Dwayne Johnson? Like
1: Honestly, that? like he's the same off screen as he is on. Um, like even when the cameras weren't rolling and nobody was around, like he's just such a genuine person. And I think what touched me the most was that even after we competed and, you know, we had to like stay quiet about what had actually happened for like seven months. Yeah. I had to basically go back to my life and my work and not talk about it for seven months. And we did it, you know, um, I don't know how, but we did. So, you know, if I can keep a secret, I can keep a secret. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's remarkable. Uh, but, you know, it was actually, he had checked up on me um, probably this the December before it was aired. And um, he had actually gotten my number and texted me. And, you know, it was like, hey, I just wanted to reach out and check in on you see how you were doing post show how's life anything I can do for you. And I'm like, this is the busiest man in the world. And he just not only got the effort, like made the effort to get my number from someone, but then like texted me such a sincere, um, you know, text and like message you know and like we reached out like a couple different times and even on instagram he's reached out to me like since the show to make sure that i'm good or if he's in atlanta he wants to like meet up like it's like he's just such a genuine person that i'm just like this is no wonder like people love you like you value people and you value you know like their you know perception of you too like he doesn't want to meet somebody and then like you know affect them in a negative way ever
0: and it's remarkable. I mean, I, <laughs> I I can't even. You know, you're just you know, sit at home, you're hanging out, and you get a text. It's like the number says, "Hey, it's the rock." <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's, oh man. Well, so kind of the Titan Games itself. I wonder, like, what was? I mean, okay, first off, I can't imagine having to wait seven months after finding out you won and not being able to tell anyone. But you know the competition itself. I mean, what was that like? I mean, I've seen clips, I got to watch different episodes, but I mean, what just describing that energy and what it was like to be a competitor.
1: Um, It was a little terrifying, honestly, because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into until you're there. And um, unlike Ninja Warrior, like a Ninja Warrior, you know what you're getting yourself into, right? You, we had no point of reference, you know, (laughs) like, This is a brand new show. We, you know, never seen any previous clips, nothing to go off of. So, you know, going into there and then seeing the stadium for the first time and being like, okay, this is what you're doing. And oh, by the way, this is who you're going against. Like, you don't know anything until you show up. And um, to be able to like walk around and be like, okay, we're going to walk you through. And they don't walk you through the rules or even how to compete until right before you go on um yeah yeah. so it's a lot of like (sighs) adrenaline um but also you have Mm -hmm. to get used to just walking into the unknown and I think that was different for a lot of athletes because we train for a specific task and in powerlifting you've got like 10 to 12 weeks to prep for a meet you know and strongman it's the same case you know like you know three months in advance what you're training for, you know, and it's really hard, like when that's how you've gotten accustomed (laughs) to training to just show up and be like, you know what, regardless of what happens today, I'm okay with it. And I think that was like the best lesson for me, because that's life, right? You walk in and you have no idea what's going to happen to you. And you just got to roll with the punches and somehow get out on top. And I think it was the best way for me to look at it. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've survived all kinds of things in my life. Like I can survive the competition and just literally take it one competition at a time, like not looking too far in advance. Oh, what if I go against so-and-so like, I didn't even look at the competition, you know, it's like, whoever I go against, I go against, you know, and it's not going to make a difference because we're both new to this. It's not like one has an advantage over the other. Like we both have no idea what we're doing. So it's like, right. you know, you just have to kind of look at it of like, I'm going to take care of myself and as make as little mistakes as possible.
0: Yeah. And, and I, that's probably the healthiest way to go about it, you know, because anyway, you're not getting caught up worrying what's happening on the other side of the arena. You're really just saying, hey, you know what? I, I've, I've trained as best I can for something that I <laughs> exactly. don't know anything about. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to knock this out of the park. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and I'm sure that was a, that was a great feeling, even though you couldn't, couldn't tell. any like, would they even let you interact with your family and be like, Hey, like on the low, I'm low key may have won this. Or is it just, I mean, you were sworn completely. to. Yeah. Like
1: obviously, you know, my mom and my, my sister was there, um, during finals and they were originally going to fly out my mom, um, but she couldn't make it. So they flew out my sister, um, when they found out I was going to finals and literally it was like a last minute flight. Cause I just, I think I had just gone against Jess and then it was like the final final was the next day and um (laughs) it's like two in the morning you know so next day as in like at 2 p.m that day (laughs) I have (laughs) to like you know get ready to compete again and um so it's at two in the morning and they book a flight for my sister at 8 a.m for her to come to LA and Holy oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. And, you know, and she she finished, like, she had an exam that day, too. So she, like, finished an exam, jumped on a plane, came out there, watched <laughs> me compete, and then was on a plane again at 7 in the morning the next day. <laughs> like, it was such a roller. Yeah, but obviously, you know, like, my family kept it amongst ourselves, and we didn't tell anybody um, until it came out because they wanted it to be a surprise.
0: Of course. Man, that's oh, well, I can't even. I'm so I'm one of those people that goes to the airport. You know, I got to be there like three hours <laughs> early, got to make sure I'm like through security, you know, because God forbid they board two hours <laughs> earlier than they're supposed to. Um, so that's oh, that's a nightmare, but that's oh, that's awesome. Um, well, you know, in the last few years, you know, and, and I was chatting with Stephanie about the same thing just a couple weeks ago. You know, as the fitness industry is blown up, so has a lot of criticism about the industry. Um, and, you know, such has always been the case um, and such as always will be the case. Um, but one of the biggest stigmas that we see in strength sports is so many people, for some bizarre reason, are against women being in strength sports. Uh, and, and I'm sure you've had this conversation with a thousand people, but but I wonder just kind of your perspective what has it been like for you in in combating whatever negative stigma that people may associate with you being a part of the fitness industry?
1: Well, I think, I think it's, it's become more accepted than it necessarily was when I first began. Um, But at the same time, like it's, it's, well, women shouldn't be doing this. You know, it's like the stigma, like the stereotype of like what women should and should not be doing. And I think we're doing a lot better, but it's still very much a male dominated (laughs) industry. And I'm reminded by that, like every time I go to an expo, but like, even if you scroll social media, like, honestly, like the fitness industry has become soft porn, like, let's be real. And it's so over-sexualized, especially on the female side that it's like, yeah, you want to be proud of what you, you know, built. You want to be proud of like, you know, the effort and the work that it took. But at the same time, it's like, can we find a way to be proud of this without, over-sexualizing ourselves to the point where it's soft porn and it's like being able to I guess have like an attractive quality have the strength you know be able to do everything and still remain true to yourself without having to go one direction or the other because it's like I feel like women really struggle finding like well can I just be myself and will I still be accepted? And yeah. I think that's like the main thing that like I want to leave by example is that, yes, you can absolutely be true to yourself, keep being yourself and you can still make a difference and you can still help another female. You can still, you know, make things a little bit better in the industry just by being you. But it's like when we go so far in either direction, trying to fit into a mold that, you know, we're full, like we are accepted in, Instead of just being ourselves, like it's Mm -hmm. no different than, you know, in high school or whatever else, like you change your personality or your hair to be able to fit in the popular group. So (laughs) I feel like that's what the industry obviously struggles with the most. It's like, obviously, you know, people are always going to judge you. People are always going to, you know, make assumptions. And that's in every industry it's in the business environment, like being a female business owner. It's like, uh, I get criticized all the time. Like, what do you mean you make your own money? And you don't have a boss, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like, yes, right. I make my right. own rules, believe it or not. You know, my grandmother, yeah, <laughs> shocker. right. Yeah. Like, you know, my grandmother who's born in the forties, like still can't get over that, you know? So it's like, you know, times have <laughs> yeah. changed. Um, but I think it's, it's just with anything, you know, like you have to be comfortable and assertive in who you are without being overly aggressive to the point where you're throwing it in everybody's faces and it takes balance and it takes grounding and you have to like have that peaceful confidence in yourself. Like, you know, you're not easily shaken up by people's comments. You're not easily deterred from being who you are. Like you're just stable. You know, it's like, no, this is who I am. I don't need to defend myself. I actually don't owe anybody an explanation and I'm gonna keep being myself because this makes me happy.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you, you said just such a key thing there, you know, is I'm not going to let any of that shake me from knowing right. who I am. And I think that is I mean, that's the core difference between probably charity now and charity right. in high school or me now and me in high school, because yeah, when we're in high school, we're like, what do I got to do? to fit right. in? What do I, I got to do to make sure I'm not the person that everyone sees in the corner of the cafeteria eating, you know, of, of what kind of fit in. And it's it's that revolutionary moment where you realize, hold on. I don't have to prove myself to anyone. Like if people don't like me, then they don't like me. Yeah. It's like, well, I like me and
1: and that's enough for me.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, But you know, and you mentioned, you know, just really, I mean, and and it it saddens me, you know, the, just how much the fitness industry has just become just so over-sexualized. You know, I was at the Arnold (laughs) uh, last year, because obviously, didn't get to happen this year and it's sponsored by bang (laughs) and so when bang when bang first released i was like oh cool like had no one had any idea what it was i was like oh sick like i guess this is a new energy drink that also i can take as pre-workout and like a month later everyone's like oh like bang is literally sex like that's that's the end that's what the company is and i think it it might have been i don't remember who it was It was some animal athlete who was just saying, you know, as he was walking around the expo last year, that he was like, what the hell happened yeah. to this industry? That he was like, it's just, it's, everyone is just flaunting everything. And then you've got the I page, know. you know, and everyone's having yeah. a great time there. But he's like, it's like, that's all that's left of what used yeah. to be the industry.
1: No, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's true. Because uh, it's like in, you know, I probably... <laughs> I went to so many expos last year. Like I was at FIBA, I was at Body Power, you know, like I was literally every expo last year and it's the same thing at every expo though. You know, you've got the booth girls that are like throwing themselves out at every person Mm -hmm. walking by and, you know, it's like, everything is so over-sexualized, but you know, it's it's the people attending too. Like there wouldn't be that if there wasn't a call or a demand for it. And it's like, you know, who are we feeding and who are we, you know, like we, you know, you know, selling to, because it's like, is that the kind of population we want to be encouraging and selling to as well? Like, or is there another side where it's like, you know, can we promote health and fitness to your average person without it having to be a fetish or someone who's, you know, over obsessed about it, you know? So it's like, you know, like is there a way that we can like kind of mold this, but honestly, like, I don't know if that's ever going
0: to happen. Well, yeah, because the problem is, once you go down that road, it's so hard to pull back. Right, it right. Because what people think of now is is they don't. Most people don't think of your Ronnie Coleman or your Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: anymore. I know. They're, they're
0: thinking of, of your your. And this is nothing against these people, but they're thinking of more people like Summer Rae or Paige Hathaway, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, that's it. I have to."
1: I... Right right I <laughs> that's yeah and I, I think that's but like thought, a, that's okay. another thing you know like no but really because it's like you know women see that and then they're like well i can't compete with her and it's like well you don't yeah. have to <laughs> like you know it's like you know <laughs> Yeah. Like you actually don't have to, and you know she actually wishes she looked like that too. So you know, and that's like another tangent. But yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like it's just you know learning to accept yourself, you know, as you are, but still progress for better.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. we'll, we'll, move, <laughs> we'll move off that topic. Um, well, so I wonder, kind of circling back to um, you know your coaching platform. You know, one of the biggest things I think some coaches can struggle with is balancing how to handle a male client versus a female client. And so I wonder, like, are you, are you working with both or or are you targeting to just Oh,
1: both. Um, actually it's usually, I think it's, I've usually got more male than female. Um, and right now I think it's 60, 40. So, which is pretty good, but, um, because, you know, usually you want about half and half, but what I have found it's that they act like, okay, the female can't do what the male can do. And really it's (laughs) there's not much difference, you know, except maybe the amount of weight that they're resting, you know? So it's like, I don't understand why there has to be such a drastic difference. Like we all need cardio, you know, we all need strength training, you know, and it's like, we all need to eat protein. So it's like, if you, the way I've developed like the software in the, and my platform though, is that, you know, they enter in all of their personal info that I would do with like a standard questionnaire previously, but we did it in the software in such a way so that, you know, each individual person is getting this customized programming that's specifically for their wants and desires. And they might say, well, I want a strength building program, but I want to cut back on my calories. And... <laughs> you know (laughs) um and what that'll do though is that tells me hey i want to do all the barbell lifts but i actually want to cut fat and you know so it, Mm -hmm. it helps you like that so it's like okay you're still getting you know what they they you know categorize as strength building which is really just you know the three big lifts in your program um and we're doing it, you know, everything's progressive overload, obviously, but you're doing it in such a way that it's like you still have high volume accessories and cardio and the volume is so high on the barbell lifts as well that it's like you're, you know, not going to be, you know, going for a top set of four, at an RP of nine, you know, when you're cutting your car <laughs> right. down to hundred grams, right? So it, it helps it in that way. It's like, okay, they just want to be able to lift a barbell. But they really want Mm -hmm. to lose fat, you know, or if you've got the odd one that's like, hey, I want to get big, I want to lift all the weight, then it's like, for them, it's like, okay, pumping them full of calories, and let's put on all of the weight, you know, and it's, it's just, it it helps you define it that way. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and I think that's, that's good, because so frequently that, that pre questionnaire is, is so vital. And I think a lot of people just don't think that they're like, ah, like, this isn't really that important. Like, this is just formal stuff they need to know. But it's like, no, I mean, that's how you form, you know, where the person is going to go as an athlete. Not everyone is looking for, (laughs) I need to consume 7,000 calories a day because I want to put 150 pounds in my total in the next two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, nutrition is so important with it too. And that's why like, I'm working with a registered dietitian because I wanted to be able to provide meal plans you know and the liability behind it of like suggesting a meal plan right so it's like but that way like there's recipes included so it's like it cuts down the effort that they have to put in they just have to literally follow a plan that's all they have to do like it doesn't require any extra thinking on their end you know like you literally (laughs) just have to look at what you're eating that day because your grocery list was already written out for you of like how much of everything you needed to buy like it's really all inclusive so you know, regardless if you're eating, well, I have it edited, so, like, no person on there, no matter how much weight they want to cut, cannot go below 1,400 calories, um, because yeah. I don't I don't agree with, you know, females being on a 1,000-calorie diets, period, you know? So, it's like I have it adjusted so that nobody <laughs> can, you know, starve themselves <laughs> in my plan. That's not going to happen. We eat here. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like you're still able to have the results you want um, if you just eat clean, eat the types of foods that are on your plan. And I think that's what makes it easier for them is because, you know, before it's like, well, it fits my macros. And a lot of people don't know even how to best use the if it fits my macros, you know, methodology. Exactly. And so they just try to eat whatever to hit a certain number that's on their app. Whereas like, at least this is providing the macros, but it's saying, Hey, if you eat these meals, you still hit your macros and it's healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man. That's so like, if I had a dollar for, for every person that's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing, it if it fits your macros and I'm like, Oh, like sick, man. Like, how's that going? And they're like, well, like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but like, I know generally I'm supposed to eat like, I don't know, a gram of protein per body pound of body weight. And I'm like, all right. Are you doing that? He's like, I don't know. I went to Chick Fil A though. Yeah, I'm they, like, they, they right. just end up like <laughs> just
1: like, logging everything, right? You know, and then it's like, oh, well, I'm. That's what was happening uh-huh. with my clients because I do the macros, and then I'm looking at what they're logging, and I'm like, what on earth? Like, why are you eating Oreos in the middle of the day? <laughs> like, you know, or Jimmy <laughs> eating sandwiches first thing in the morning, and I'm like, you know, it's not that I have like food prejudices. I don't like. I love some cookies, you know, but it's like there's balance, you know. Oh, of course. And it's like if you want, yeah. Lower body fat, and you want to perform at your best possible level, you are going to have to use those macros and those calories coming from nutritious, in like nutritiously dense foods, not something that's going to be just caloric dense, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm the number one culprit of it. Like, I'm the 125 kg <laughs> boys. Like, I'm the absolute culprit of I'm going to eat what is in front of me and it's. So that I, every year, I, and it's every person, every year I'm like, you know what? Maybe this year I'm going to cut down on 105. <laughs> every single year. And then I'm like, ah, like, do I really want to cut weight while, like, competing? No. Over <laughs> so one of these days it'll be the day.
1: <laughs> but it's not I yet. Like, you know, me retired, uh, you know, like, I was just talking to a friend, like, you know, I when I first started, obviously, like, I stayed as lean as I possibly could be to, you know, fill out my weight class. And, you know, that it's, like, since, you know, not competing, like, you know, I put on a little bit more weight, and so I'm cutting back down, but it's gotten to the point where it's, like, well, I don't need to be shredded, but it's, like, at the same time, like, I don't want to be heavier, because it doesn't suit a purpose anymore, either, because I'm not lifting all of the weight, so (laughs) I think it's, like, if, you know, I'm finally able just because of where I'm at in my life, I'm finally able to understand the your lifestyle client that's like, well, I just want to look good and feel good because that's me. Like, you know, I'm like, I still want to be right. able to do all the lifts, like do all the things that I like to do. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to strong as I used to be, but I still want to look good, feel good and be able to move without, you know, feel like I've got no cardio, you know? So it's like, you know, exactly. if I look at it as like, that's the average person, then it's like, it, it becomes almost easy for me to be like oh well you just need a meal plan then because you're not going to be able to know how to plan out your macros and meal plan for yourself if you're not a competitive athlete like it's just you know regardless if you're a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or a strong man like if, if you're a competitive athlete you will make the sacrifices to get to your goals because that's mm-hmm. just in your makeup but the average person like has job has family has other obligations wants to go out with the friends on the weekend you know but they just want to look good and feel good doing their life, you know? And it's like, if you're just Mm -hmm. improving the quality of their life, then just give them a basic plan with the odd cheat meal. So they feel like they're still living.
0: Exactly. Well, and and so many on the flip side, so many competitive athletes, I know, especially for myself and a lot of the other people, um, you know, that were part of the college team that I just left that are now like, What Like, what do I do? Like, I'm used to, you know, eating to compete, but they're like, we were all prepping for uh, collegiate Mm -hmm. nationals in April. And so it's like, oh, well, now like that didn't happen. So it's a lot of people are now trying to figure out, well, what does it look like for me to try to figure out what to eat when I'm not lifting? Because a lot of people don't even know. know how to do that. They know how to, they know how to eat to prep, but then they're like, oh man, I don't look so great when I'm not right working no, out. She, <laughs> it's,
1: so it's that was now. me when I first retired because it was like I was still eating like I was about to compete in the you know world strongest woman, you know so right. like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not lifting five days a week and my intensity isn't as high as it used to be, and I'm still eating the same number of calories, and I'm like, the eh, you know, and it's like it's a different look <laughs> it, it is. You're like, why have I gained 30 pounds to put it nicely? Um, so it honestly, it probably (laughs) took me a year to figure out how to adjust my training to go with nutrition in such a way that I wasn't hurting myself. I wasn't overextending myself, but, um, I was also keeping intensity pretty high and adjusting my calories so that I still felt like I could have a cookie here and there. Um, but, I was eating a majority of my own cooking to the point where it, I was able to have the cookie, you know?
0: Yeah. Because you know exactly what right. you're going to it. There's no extra stuff that you're having to worry about. Like God forbid high fructose corn syrup <laughs> being literally everything that's ever well, been even created. If you're
1: just going out to a restaurant, yeah. you know, you can order a grilled chicken, but it's like how much butter and fat is on this chicken, you know? So it's like, even just knowing right. how you prep your food makes all the difference you know because like when you go out yeah it tastes so much better because there's so much more fat and that's calories you know exactly
0: (laughs) oh man yeah because I mean I I mean it's the the classic
1: stuff (laughs) I love my chicken oh don't we all but
0: but I know but but I I know it's killing me so like I gotta (laughs) dial it back a little bit well so I wonder you know You know, you've just launched the coaching platform. You've seen great success in the front end. Have you thought, you know, long-term, you're like, what's the hope for that? Are you looking to expand? What's what's your dream? Well, you know,
1: as of right now, it's just fitness related, but eventually I'd like to include meditation, um, stretching, rehab, and then uh, like mindset talks, you know, like motivational podcasts on there so that while they're working out, they can have something Mm -hmm. to listen to like that. Um, so eventually, like down the road, so that'll probably be within the next year. we'll get that adjusted so that it includes all of that as well.
0: Wow, well, that's yeah, I mean, I know the the meditation thing you know we we mentioned that mental health element that a lot of people forget about, but honestly, when you're working at such a high intensity, you need that you know more holistic balance that I think a lot of people just forget about you know I, I chuckle because. Whenever I'm driving on my way to the gym, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. listening to heavy metal, like I'm getting amped up, like <laughs> I'm like grinding my teeth in preparation to go do something. And it just takes you so long to come yeah. down off that high that it's it's almost doing more damage than it is in originally helping you work on that anxiety. Right, you know, your, like your
1: parasympathetic system is just like going nuts and it's like, you know you really want the balance, you know, it's like, that's why I even have like, you know, like body full body flows, like on my Instagram. It's like, okay, like you guys are all about your hit workouts right now, because we're all stuck at home. So it's like, how can I burn the most amount of calories while being at home? But at the same time, like you also need that, like slow down, like let's extend, let's elongate our muscles, like let's stretch, let's breathe, like it's improve our breath, you know, like when you do all of those things, mm-hmm. you actually are strengthening your stabilizing muscles as well, though, in your cardio, because you're able to hold positions. You're able to breathe through positions. And it's so much better for you because it lowers cortisol levels when you're actually doing high intensity training. Mm-hmm.
0: And and it's, <laughs> it's still it's just something that I
1: probably should be doing <laughs> more than I
0: do. Uh, But it's because it's the most, I think, forgotten thing in practical, you know, going into the gym because everyone wants to do the heavy lift. That's what's fun. Everyone's like, oh, of course, I want to go put 90 percent on my back and, you know, hit it for a triple. Like, that sounds great. But no one thinks, man, I want to sit on the deadlift platform for 15 minutes and warm up, you know, because (laughs) that's not glamorous. And, you know, kind of back to our, our previous conversation, everyone wants to do what's glamorous. You know, we're in this. Instagram society where we're like oh what can Mm -hmm. I post how can I get engagement how can people and it's like no man like you're doing this to benefit yourself not so that your 500 (laughs) followers can say man great job no but really it'll
1: take me like a good 30 minutes to prep myself for a workout because I do my full mobility I activate muscles like I do two warm-up sets before I even jump into like my main, you know, like compound lift. So it's like, you know, so it's like, you know, I take that mm-hmm. full 30 minutes to just prep my body. And, you know, in the older that we get to, it's like, that's essential for longevity, you know, to, you know, just injury prevention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you reach that point where you realize you're not, you're not actually in Yes. Yes. You know, and realizing you got to take care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think so many, and you know, I, I'm starting to reach that point. You know, when you're, you're 18, you know, you're going to college, you're like, holy smokes, I can do literally anything and I'm going to be fine. And then you break something and you're like, oh, like I, I can't <laughs> like, this R- real life. Isn't a matter of me just doing random things. So that moment where you realize, man, maybe I should, uh, be a little bit smarter than my decisions is definitely an important place to get to
1: yes I think in all, all things you know it's like it's it's easy to just go in there and bang out your workout but it's like oh man now I feel like shit you know so it's like it's like oh man if i just taking an <laughs> extra 15 minutes to stretch I might feel better you know maybe. yeah maybe <laughs> you know
0: m- might feel better it might be worth trying um well, so kind of, you know, a couple of questions I always ask people kind of on the back end um, of our conversations, you know, obviously it's called Faith Fitness and French Toast. So I always, I mean, obviously the people I come on, we always talk fitness. I mean, it's the, the number one, yeah. you know, draw factor, but something, you know, especially on the holistic side of things is I love just asking people kind of what faith looks like as they um, as they compete, as they prep, as they kind of look at things on a whole. And so I wonder for you, you know, what element has faith kind of played into your own journey from, you know, kind of being that, that introvert who didn't love working out to becoming, you know, really this, this star in the fitness Well, industry? I
1: think, um, it has everything to do with it, you know, and that's where like where the mindset comes in. It's like, and, you know, you talked, mentioned a little bit about, you know, Titan Games, just walking in and not knowing what's going to happen. But it's like, you have to have that underlying faith of like, regardless of what I'm going through, I'll get through it and I'll be just fine. And I think, you know, believing in something larger than yourself, whether that's a goal, a dream, an intention, a creator, you know, but having something larger than just yourself to work towards and work, you know, for you're doing something that's selfless and it becomes almost selfless because you're like, no, this is bigger than just me. And it's like, I want to do something that's bigger than just me. So it's like having that concept. And like, you know, I, there's a something that I've started saying the last couple of months, you know, that it's like, you know, just for today, I will work with integrity. And it's like, just for today, I will be grateful. And it's like, you know, and I do like these daily um, gratitudes, daily affirmations and daily intentions. And I do it every single day. Like I've probably done it every single day for the past two years. And I've watched my business explode. I've watched, you know, I've not only moved like half a dozen times already, but, you know, like I'm now able to, you know, (laughs) purchasing my first house this year, uh, move it in July. So it's like, you know, it's just taking me to so many different levels just by setting my intention daily and realizing that it's that underlying of like, you know what, like I'm so grateful for everything I have in my life. I don't overlook anything. I am constantly looking for new opportunities, but it's like, you know, I am expecting good things. I am expecting blessings. I am expecting new opportunities. And I have the integrity and the discipline and the drive to work for those things.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in an industry that is so self-focused, you know, to be able to be in that kind of a mindset is so important because that puts you a cut above the rest of the people that are stuck in the the dirt of. Oh, things didn't go my way today, man. Like this isn't, this isn't what I wanted, but instead of being like, no, it's all gratitude. It's saying, Holy smokes. Look what I've been given. Like I'm going to make the most single one of these days. You know, that that's, that's something I wish a lot more people.
1: Yeah. And that's applicable to like every walk of faith, you know, it's like, you know, regardless of, you know, what you believe in, like you can always give thanks and work with integrity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the last question I always ask people, uh, and this is probably my personal favorite question to ask anyone because it really brings <laughs> out the true element, is, you know, if you, you know, you you I don't know if you're a breakfast person or not, I'm the type of person that literally any time of day I could go take down a breakfast burrito. Like, I just, I know I can, um, but I say that French toast is the last word in this podcast. If there was one breakfast food that you could just eat for the rest of your life. What would okay,
1: so there's this restaurant in uh, Malibu, California that has this breakfast pizza because you mentioned breakfast burrito and it's like that so but it's like laid out on a pizza and it is amazing like you wouldn't think like, it would be that good. <laughs> um, and I think they do it with just like sunny side up eggs, but I always get it scrambled. It's so good.
0: <laughs> that's awesome well it's so amazing just because like there's so many different like answers like i've gotten so many wild answers you know breakfast pizza to uh spanish oh, yeah. arepas to crepes well like, yeah I mean, i've got a sweet tooth so but it's awesome. like man
1: that breakfast pizza was like to die for
0: <laughs> well, was so specific. <laughs> no you know,
1: from this one relevant. restaurant there's yeah. a restaurant <laughs> <laughs>
0: It wasn't even. Oh, I like pancakes. It was no. Yeah, I know there's, there's this one, one place. place. Like I've been That's watching awesome.
1: too many Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, man, if I could just travel with him like for a week, I would be set. I'd be like 20 pounds yeah. heavier, but it would be amazing. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like those times that like you're waiting for dinner to be ready, and so you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch some stuff on food." Yeah, you were like, "Oh," and then you end up snacking on everything while you're cooking
1: the food you're about to eat. Like,
0: (laughs) right? And you're like, "Man, this was gonna be a great pre-workout meal," and then you're like, "I yeah, in one sitting." This is a bad
1: fantastic.
0: (laughs) Well, Charity, so good getting to hear your story, you know, and and getting to hear a little bit more of your heart. Um, I, I know. That a lot of people are going to get to benefit from this. Um, So definitely grateful for your time. And I just wonder, you know, any closing thoughts for you. You know, there's people, you know, for Mm -hmm. you, Arizona's reopening. Um, I know different states are hitting these points with their looking at finally stepping back out into the open. It feels like we're like a groundhog coming up to like finally see that like the light is there. And I wonder what your closing words would be for people, you know, that are jumping back into the gym. Um, any plugs you may have, you know, if you're on coaching platform, Honestly, it's like just, that. you know,
1: grace, you know, like have grace with yourself, like whether your finances mm-hmm. have suffered, whether your mental or physical self, um, health has suffered, you know, I think we've all struggled with depression. We've all struggled with eating. Like we've all struggled, you know, with finances during this time. <laughs> yeah. So we're all in the same boat, you know? And it's like, you know, I hate to sound like, in you know, a Hallmark commercial, but it's like, we really are in this together and <laughs> we all have gone through some similar, you know, traumatic experiences. So it's like, just give yourself grace, you know, don't be so hard on yourself, ease into things. And then, you know, it's like, just understand that you will get to where you want to go, but it's just going to take a little bit of extra time and just be grateful and gracious during that time.
0: Yeah. That's huge. Well, folks, you've heard it here first. This has been um, a great conversation with Charity Wit. You can find her um, on Instagram at charity underscore wit um, hashtag no quit and wit. Uh, and you can go get any products from First Form as well. Um, she's got a link tree right there in her bio. Uh, you can go check out her new coaching platform as well. We will catch you guys next week. Hey, y'all, if you love that episode and you're craving just a little bit more, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify at Faith Fitness or French Toast, or visit us at anchor.fm on our dashboard at forward slash Moses Allwood for full interviews, trailers, and more for the rest of the season. We've got an action-packed list of guests lined up for the second half of this season from world record holders to Marine Corps veterans, gym owners, and more. So don't forget to turn on your post notifications on Instagram and stay connected on your platform of choice to be the first to hear of new guests for upcoming seasons and early episode releases. And with that, thank you as always for listening. I'm Moses Allwood. You can find me on Instagram at Bigmo Powerlifting. I'll see you next week.